Welcome to Barkology, the ultimate podcast for dog lovers and aspiring trainers. I'm Chantelle. And I'm Angelique. And we're going to be taking you on this thrilling journey into the wonderful world of dogs. Every week we'll delve into canine behavior and training, offering you insights, solutions and inspiration to help you unleash your dog's potential. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Barkology. So today we're going to be talking about holiday season as it is the month of December. So Christmas is coming up and regardless of whether where you live in the world, whether it is summer or winter, there's lots of different kind of changes happening around this kind of time. Um, and it can be kind of quite a stressful and a worrying time for your dog, particularly if they have got particular anxieties about certain things and stuff. So what today's episode is going to be about is we're just going to be talking to you about some of the issues that you might need to be aware of with your dog and how you can help your dog during this time. So Angelique, do you want to kind of go ahead and start with some of the things that we need to be mindful of with our dogs over this time of year? Sure, I can definitely do that. So I think it's important just to bear in mind, there are lots of things that are going to be stressful, but they can also be dangerous things for your dog during the holidays. And that can be, you know, um, your guests or you guys or your kids sharing food from the table, food that mm. is maybe not safe, like xylitol, for some dogs, like really, really fatty food. You know, anything that's going to be dangerous for them to eat is, is not a good idea. And we incorporate a lot of those ingredients into our Christmas food. So just be mindful of that throughout. Then the actual holiday decorations could be dangerous for your dog. So um, I know a lot of people hang like chocolate Christmas tree decorations up. Your dog's going to eat that. Like, please make sure that you puppy proof everything. Um, out of reach or save it right you know like right to Christmas morning when you can supervise um, and then there are of course the actual plastic decorations that some puppies and dogs will get into so be mindful of that and what you leave out what decorations you're using then of course having more people around or large groups of people can be like really stressful for a lot of dogs especially if your dog is already maybe a little bit sensitive um, if your dog isn't used to kids and there's lots of kids around, if your dog maybe isn't used to elderly people, if there's someone in a wheelchair coming or with crutches, all of those things can be really stressful, different ethnicities. If your dog isn't used to that, that could be stressful. Then of course, also the routine. So in the holiday season, most of us have a very different routine compared to our normal everyday routine beforehand. And a lot of dogs feel safe if there's a routine. So you know, that could really throw them off balance. And then, of course, the obvious things like fireworks and crackers and balloons popping, you know, those very obvious noisy things or your neighbors having a party. If that's going to stress your dog out, be mindful of all of those. Yeah, no, there's some really, really good points there. Definitely. I have a client at least every year that has a dog that needs to be taken to the vet because they've eaten chocolate that has been dangling off the Christmas tree or 
they've pulled off some tinsel off the wall or something and the dog has tried to kind of eat it and stuff so it's yeah those kinds of things are really really important and some of the other things that you mentioned as well especially for like dogs that perhaps live in like a quieter household you know so um so say for example with me like I don't have children none of my friends really have children either so if I was to take Samba somewhere where there's children for example I'd probably have to like manage her to begin with and just make sure that you know the kids especially with young kids as well like toddlers and things like that again if your dogs aren't used to those you know those kinds of children again if those children aren't used to dogs as well then you know we definitely need to kind of use a lot of management and stuff um there as well so so yeah absolutely another thing as well that I kind of thought especially in the UK like around December time like when you're out walking your dog it can be so so busy just because like everyone's off so again if you do have like a dog that is perhaps a little quite nervous of other dogs or people you might just need to change the times of day that you walk your dogs around this kind of time um or again same as if you've got like a super excitable dog that loves running up to every single dog and every single person then again it might just be worth kind of changing the times or again using management like a long line or something because some dogs can just get so overexcited um by those kinds of things so so yeah um Okay, cool. And then did you want to kind of explain to everyone about why these things are kind of stressful and what kind of happens in the dog's body and stuff during, you know, if they are a bit worried by something? Because I think sometimes like we don't quite often see a lot of stress in dogs until they do then go and do something like the dog eventually goes to bite a visitor, for example, and it kind of seemingly comes completely out of the blue. But actually, when we kind of look into the things and all the things that kind of happen leading up to say the bite for example um you know we, we can then kind of understand the dog's behavior definitely so i think the first thing and the most important thing is actually to do a little bit of research into dog body language so you can identify the stress signals that your dog is you know, displaying, especially those sort of micro signals. You don't want to wait for the big signals like a growl or a snap or something. You want to like really know what the tiny signals are when your dog really maybe is asking nicely for space. So that's one thing. So make sure you can identify stress. So another reason why it can sort of come out of nowhere is because of trigger stacking. So trigger stacking is just, so another word for trigger is like a stressor or like really anything that's going to be stressful for your dog is a trigger or a stressor so it's when a lot of those things sort of happen very sort of close together and then it leads to an overreaction of some sort so for as for humans a good example is maybe like you didn't sleep well so you woke up late and then you were in a rush to get ready and maybe you didn't eat really well and then you had a flat tire on the way to work and you were late and like your whole day just goes like that we've all had days like that and then when you get home you bump your front you know your toe on the front door and then you end up like crying or shouting or you get really angry so that's trigger stacking because that those stress hormones are just like really built up in your body throughout the day and it sort of like shortened your fuse, if I can say it like that. Yeah. Okay? And so you had an overreaction. So something that normally wouldn't have made you cry, i.e. bumping your toe, 
that happened on a normal day you know it was sore but it's fine you know like you'll get you got over it mm-hmm. um but now because of that build up you struggle to cope in that situation so it's similar for our dogs you can treat it sort of exactly the same um and that's often why a bite comes out of nowhere because maybe a little stressor happened and then something else and something else and your dog was still coping with it okay but you might have missed the micro signals and you didn't remove them from the situation or you didn't help them in some way. And then something happens, like maybe a kid giving your dog a hug. And because it's already been a stressful Christmas party, they bite the kid. So just be mindful of that. Um, And the only way you're going to help your dog is if you can read the body language Mm -hmm. and then use management, know what to do from there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to remember as well that when you have like a stressor, like what you've just kind of mentioned, it can stay in the dog's body for up to 72 hours. And so if the dog is getting stressor after stressor after stressor after stressor, again, if you think about your emotions as kind of being in a cup, you know, like, and think of water being poured into that cup every time, but there's just a really small hole at the bottom of the cup, all right, that's letting the water out. And if you've got more water going in than kind of coming out, eventually the cup is going to overfill and then you just kind of explode. And that's where you were talking about your toe example, for example, you know, something like that, where, you know, if your cup is quite empty, then you're not going to overreact. Whereas if your cup is full, then you literally just kind of lose it. Um, And dogs are exactly the same when it comes to that. And it can be really important, like just making a note of things that happen in your dog's day as well that could be stressful for your dog. So it could be something like the dog's, um, you know, like the delivery the like getting loads of deliveries for Christmas for example okay um and just having the door ring like continuously throughout the day that can be stressful for some dogs say for other dogs it might be having like a really busy walk or experiencing kind of children coming in and out of the house and so on okay so if you're not quite sure it's useful to kind of perhaps have a diary for your dogs so that you can actually kind of write it down and just see exactly you know what has been happening with your dog it's also important as well to make sure that your dogs have lots of rest time and they've got somewhere safe to go during this time as well um so things like you know quite often we can have such busy days over Christmas that the dog isn't getting time to rest. And if they're overtired, then that can be an issue. And again, same as us, if dogs get overtired, they can get grumpy, they can get irritable. So again, that might make them more likely to snap in a situation where perhaps they wouldn't otherwise. So it's really important this time of year to make sure that you give your dog somewhere safe um, for them to go to. And and just, you know, I used to have um, my little Papillon. She didn't like big crowds. So if I had loads of friends over, for example, she would just take herself off upstairs to the bedroom. And so that was like her little safe space. And she would stay there until everyone had gone. So it's really important that your dog doesn't necessarily need to be in the mix of everything if they don't want to be. And also as well, if your dog is getting super overexcited, Um, and you find themselves just not being able to kind of settle down or anything when you have got lots of friends and family over. Again, it's just important to have that crate or that pen to be able to give your dogs downtime um, through um, everything. So they have got time to rest and, and everything else. 
Okay, so another form of management really, which is going to be your go-to for the holiday season is making sure that your dog does have a safe space where they can retreat to if they want to. So I know a lot of dogs, for example, will go lie down in your bedroom or the spare bedroom if you have a lot of people over. So just making sure that they can sort of escape to that safe space if they want to. Um, use baby gates, you know, put baby gates up. If you guys are eating, give your dog a Kong or a Chewy on the opposite side of the baby gates and have your dinner or your lunch or your bri or whatever. And you are not worried about any kids dropping food and your dog picking up some of the food and maybe swallowing something dangerous. Um, and you don't have to worry about supervising your guests because we know not everybody listens to what you ask them to do with regards to your dog. Um, and use your leash, you know, put your dog on leash when people come in and then you can make sure that the greetings are going well and your dogs aren't picking up any bad habits with regards to that. Um, something else that actually one of my clients does is if there are people coming over, so her dog is reactive. So when people come over, she actually drops her dog off beforehand at her best friend's house. So her dog loves her best friend. You know, they get on well. He's super happy at her house. He gets spoiled there. And, you know, they literally just avoid the situation completely instead of using management and, and baby gates and having some risks um he just gets dropped off there but you know see if you can use some dog walkers or house sitters what can you do to minimize stress during the holiday season for your dog yeah no definitely it's a really good point especially if you're having like a big party or something like that I would probably definitely do that with a couple of my dogs because you know especially with things like crackers and noises and you know if you are having things like fireworks and that kind of thing um I also find it important as well like with my dog especially if you are having lots of guests around um and you don't want your dogs to be fed from the table especially if you do have children that um are coming round, they can accidentally drop food for example then perhaps again just have your dogs away um, whether that is behind a baby gate or something, you know, or out in the garden, if it is warm, um, give them always something to do as well. So I find giving them, I always have lots of enrichment type activities ready for my dogs and things that they can kind of do themselves as well. So I do use a lot of like food stuffed toys at this kind time of year as well so especially again when you are doing things like cooking and sometimes routine and everything can go out a bit out the window at this kind of time of year but it is important still that your dog gets that still that physical exercise and that mental enrichment that they are used to um you know so perhaps if you are going to be cooking for example for like 10 people um you know go and walk your dogs super early in the morning so they get like a good run and then I just have a freezer full of like food toys and bones and chews and things and you know when we're eating I'll make sure my dogs have something like a big bone or something that's going to keep them occupied as well so again that just stops any kind of like bad habits like that you know say for, from them begging from the table because my parents are absolutely terrible I know when they come to visit me um you know then I know damn well they feed my dogs from the table because my dogs will just sit by them the whole time and my dad will just like <laughs> pretend he's not feeding them but he does it's very annoying um and so you know I would rather I can't trust my dad I can't train my dad either so I'm just rather going to put my dogs away so he doesn't even get the opportunity to feed them from the table 
Um, so I think management's probably like your best friend here, uh, you know, yeah. um, at this time of year, because again, we don't have time to train our dogs when there's loads of people around and we're super busy and stuff. And so management is actually so useful and beneficial just for preventing any unwanted habits from starting. Definitely agree. So something else definitely make sure that your dog is getting out enough that you know you're sticking to routine as much as possible if that's necessary like you said you have your enrichment and everything ready something else that I love to do when there are visitors over is scatter feeding for my dog so I literally just take some of their food or you know mix in with some yummy treats or you know it doesn't matter and I'll literally just chuck it on the grass spread it out as much as possible and let my dogs go ahead and sniff over there so they are actually calming down a little bit hunting for their food they are not worried about the guests and especially like if we're inside and they're doing their scats feeding outside then there is that distance and space just to help them sort of integrate with the guests better as well right so they go out they do scats feeding the guests come in nobody's really worried about each other and it's a lot more calm the atmosphere is a lot calmer um, when they do finish with the scats feeding and come in definitely and if you are in the UK or somewhere where it's super cold and you perhaps can't have your dog outside <laughs> and the weather's rubbish yeah. you can also do this in the house you can either have something like a yeah. snuffle mat or you can hide treats around the house. Or I find this is a really good thing to do with kids actually as well. You can perhaps give your kids and their friends or whoever you've got coming around to the house, give them some of your dog's food and they've got to go and hide it around the house. And then your dog has to go and search for it. So that's a really good way for your dog to learn that children are safe. And it's a nice way for children to interact with dogs yeah. as well. Um, so it kind of teaches, you know, both the dogs and the children um, how to be kind of calm around each other and how to interact with each other and stuff as well so yeah scatter feeding is a really good idea definitely and something else you can do is have sort of your doggy rules up around the house if your dog is staying there for christmas so if you don't want people to knock put a sign up don't knock message them beforehand you know hey give me a call before you get here and i'll be there to open the door like please don't knock we are working on my dog not barking yeah somebody knock you know something like that um, and it also minimizes stress for your dog because yeah. once again, triggers lacking. So yeah. if they like bark every time someone knocks and you have 10 guests coming, yeah, that's already starting your dog off at, you know, at the, it's not setting them up for success. Yeah. Um, so you really want to minimize stress as much as possible. Put your rules up if you have to, you know, if you have kids coming over, see if you can put pictures in those rules, you know, like on how to interact with your dog, things like that. Make sure there is always an adult supervising where your dog is. So if you know, if you are unsure about your dogs around kids or strangers, make sure that you or someone else that knows your dog is there to supervise to make sure that your dog is comfortable throughout. Definitely, definitely. And likewise, well, again, if you've got like a super excitable dog and you're working on perhaps they're jumping up at the door, for example, again, use management to not let your dogs go to the door. So perhaps have them behind a baby gate or on a lead or something whilst your guests come in. And then you can bring in your dog when your dog is a little bit calmer and your visitors are sitting down and so on. So it's a good opportunity to train your dog as well in certain situations if you wanted to. But yeah, you definitely don't want to start getting yourself into bad habits because come January time, you're going to be thinking, oh my gosh, how did this start? Um, And things like that, bad habits can start so, so quickly. So yeah, 
No, exactly. And remember, like we mentioned in the previous episodes, keep your treat bowls around the house so it's easy to reward good behavior. Keep your treat back on yeah. you. Um, what I've had clients do actually with a dog that's a little bit um, unsure about people is they gave the guests like little treat packets to carry around and they yeah. just, you know, showed the guests when they arrive, you know, just throw a treat for my dog. Yes. You know, this is how you do it. And the dog is actually like pretty happy. That was a really good training opportunity. And yeah, it, it really actually was a great experience for the dog being around all of those people because now instead of a scary situation, every single person had like the best treat in the whole world. Yeah. So yeah. that's something you could do. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And again, it's important to tell your guests, you know, like if your dog is worried by other people, for example, and they don't like to be touched by people they don't know, you know, so many people still think that it's acceptable to just bend down and stroke your dog and try and cuddle your dog. And actually, the majority of dogs don't actually like that, especially if they don't know you. Um, so that's something else to kind of be aware of um, when you have got lots of guests coming over as well. So, so yeah. And also as well, if you are perhaps taking your dog away to somewhere else as well, you know, so if you are going to a friend or family for Christmas, Again, make sure that you've got like a safe space set up for them. You know, take a crate if that's what they're used to. Uh, make sure they've got access to your bedroom. Take lots of enrichment um, type toys and so on for them. And just do all of these things there as well. No, definitely. A hundred percent agree. Cool. Okay. So if you guys have got any questions or comments or anything about today's episode, just stick them in the Facebook group and we will answer them for you. Otherwise, if you've got any other ideas you want us to talk about, then again, just let us know. But otherwise, we will be back next week. Yep. Don't forget to rate, you know, don't forget to like, share our things and then we'll see you next week.